This is interesting because I think the first time we recorded, both of you guys were like really delayed for me. And then last mm. time, I think Greg was so like we clapped at the same time, but then Murph was really delayed. And now Greg is really delayed, but Murph and I clapped at the same time. So for me, it was I did it and then pause a second and you both do it at the same time. <laughs> So I think Weird. in in the editing, what, what what happens is I put you two together, and then I put myself just slightly like ahead, and then it all magic of editing. Interesting. Great. Oh, so then I'm I'm clear to start it and say you know welcome to the weekly podcast massacre for week four, episode four, the first episode since we have officially launched our podcasts. Um, theoretically, if you're hearing, if you're hearing this, <laughs> you've now heard uh, Microwave Massacre that released on the first Wednesday of July. And so, thank you everybody for a great launch. Um, I've I've gotten some good responses from people. I you know, uh, social media is going strong. I think we've got 200 plus followers on Twitter now at least. So hey, we're making that ascent. We're on the climb up. You could say that we have stepped on board the elevator of success and pushed the top four mm. button right and technically by the time they listen to this they will have heard all three of the episodes that we've already that's done. true yeah so you guys are in the throes of it and you're all super invested in in killer object movies for the month of july but this is the final one we've done it we've hit the final wednesday of killer object month we're at I thought the, you penthouse, meant of the podcast. Baby. that's it we just were gonna do these four <laughs> yeah the podcast is done we're i mean we've we've fucking we've had enough yeah uh, no, uh, we have a lot of great stuff planned for the rest of the year and the rest of the months. We have a lot of other fun themes coming up, but today we have to finish off Killer Object Month with um, my pick, my second pick for the month. I got the luck of the draw this time and got two picks. Um, and for the second movie, I have picked Dick Moss's The Lift from 1983. Is that right? That's what I have here in my notes. Yeah, it That's released. What I in, wrote down. It released in the U.S. in '85. But yeah, I there you go. But technically, this is our third 1983 third movie. 83. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Microwave Massacre was shot in the late 70s, but at in 83. Christine came out in 83. And now The Lift was released in Holland in 1983. So it was a big year for killer objects. We had to. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Looking back, that was the height of the genre, I suppose. Yeah. Chucky and Child's Play is trying to capture it years later. <laughs> I mean, it gets the best successful franchise of Killer Object, obviously. Right. Although Child's Play, I mean, Killer Doll is its own subgenre. That's got its all of its own quirks and and tropes and things like that. So I don't know if I would fit those in as they're they're in the Killer Object extended universe, but they're not like true Killer Object. It's movies, a subgenre of a subgenre. Mm-hmm. Yes. And Killer Objects is already a subgenre of horror, so yeah, we're getting in deep there. Well, it also makes me think of you know the the Treehouse of Horror Simpsons episode where Homer buys the the evil Krusty doll for Bart. Yeah, that tries to absolutely. kill him. It's like, oh, oh, I see what the problem is. This thing here switched to evil. <laughs> Sometimes that's all it is. Yeah, that can be said for most of the Killer Objects in these movies. Um, I mean, Christine was the perfect example of just evil. You know, no other explanation. Yeah. Uh, but before I think we can start getting into the movie and all, I just do I want to give a quick shout out to Fred's Horror Corner because he was nice enough to shout us out 
at the beginning of his last video on slugs. Um, Fred is a horror YouTuber who does great reviews. Uh, he started off doing just found footage, but then expanded into just kind of all types of horror movies. Um, one of the nicest guys. I wouldn't be doing a podcast. I wouldn't have felt confident enough to do a podcast if he had not made that foray into like horror content first. Um, and he's been very inspirational to me personally. And it was very nice to have him shout us out in his last video. So thank you, Fred. And everybody go watch his videos. I think he's also at Drop Dead Fred on Twitter. Um, but he's one of the best. And uh, thanks again for shouting us out. Thanks, Fred. Thanks, Fred. Okay, with that, guys, are you, are you ready to start talking de lift? Yeah. From the ground floor. Yeah. All right. Actually, did, I don't think we introduced ourselves. That's, <laughs> that's how bad we are at podcasting. No, they've been listening for four weeks at this point. They know who we are. Yeah. No, um, I'm Greg. No, uh, you never know. It's always someone's first episode. Yeah, that's true. They might not be able to tell our voices apart. Someone was a big Dolif fan, and they never heard of us before. They're constantly searching YouTube, Spotify, Apple for more Dolif content, and we are there in their time of need. Yeah, guess what? You've hit the jackpot. Yeah. All right, so Greg... It's your movie. Yeah. How about you introduce yourself? Yes, hello. I am Greg from sunny Los Angeles. And with me, as always, is... I'm Michael Murphy from Portland, Oregon, but everybody calls me Murphy. I'm Kill, and I still haven't figured out where I am. <laughs> yeah, all we uh, people don't know this, but all we see from our end... Um, I can see Murph just fine, but with Kill, it's just a static image with kind of like a face sort of peering through anytime she talks. So... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, with no clue where, where Kill is. Well, that's funny. For To me, it's just the footage from the ring, like, constantly circling <laughs> and looping. So it's, it's, a possibility it's bizarre that, that, that we, we see different yeah. things, I guess. Yeah. It's what, whatever you want to see. Like that movie, <laughs> that movie with John Travolta where he has wings. I think Michael is what it's called. Michael, where he yeah. He smells yeah. like the people smell different things. Oh yeah, like he smells right. like fresh baked cookies to some people. You he see smells whatever sweet. you want to see when you look at my video. We'll figure it out someday. Someday we'll solve the mystery of where Kill is. But um, okay, all that said, yeah, now you guys know who we are. We can proceed with the podcast. Um, I'm gonna give a quick uh, plot synopsis of Dick Moss's The Lift, and I will be saying Dick Moss as much as I can throughout this podcast. Um, it's my <laughs> favorite. We put a little like name. ding counter every we time should, it happens. Yes. Ding. Absolutely. No, I'm not yeah. doing that. <laughs> <laughs> the lift, the noise that the lift made was really nice. We could use that. I love it. Yeah. Oh, yes. It's such good sound design in this movie. Yeah. And it, you get it right away, too. So that's how we start is in the shaft with the titular lift coming right at you. Um, and I saw that this opening was inspired by Star Wars. I think he was going for like a Star Destroyer passing over the, the camera sort of thing. Great. Um, Great. And so that's how we begin. It's the, the elevator basically growls at us and it kind of comes down and, you know, we get a title. We get Dick Moss is the lift. Um, and from there, we uh, we get this swinging party going on at the penthouse restaurant of this office building where the lift resides. And all these insane, horny Dutch people were like getting drunk and touchy, making jokes, you know, uh, being <laughs> very casually sexual just in public. The waiter like they're calls closing them down farmers. the restaurant. Wait, I'm Are sorry, I missed farmers? They were farmers? The waiter refers to them as farmers. I listened to the dubbed version that was on Tubi. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, well, uh, I also watched the dub First version. off, we got to get into okay. how amazingly bad the dub version was. The dub's great. <laughs> it's so yeah. great. I might be the only... I haven't come across a subtitled version that's available. I think a dubbed version might be the only option out there. Because that's what I watched, too. Um, and that's what I had seen before when I first saw this movie on Shudder. They had the dubbed version as well. I wonder if it was some sort of translation that didn't wouldn't really make sense in English. Because they didn't seem like farmers, but the dude referred to them as farmers. I think there are so many lines in this movie that do make absolutely no sense due to translation errors. Um and it kind of adds to that charm of this a little bit. It's a big reason why I kind of like this movie. Just the Dutch lifestyle doesn't, you know, correspond <laughs> with American. We, we can't translate yeah. it. Absolutely. Um, so they get all drunk together. They're having fun. They start heading towards the lift once the restaurant is closing down. Um, there's a really fun moment where they all get on. They're laughing and, like, slapping each other's asses and stuff. And then one of the guys, like, peeks through the elevator doors as they're closing and says, anyone else, like, two camera? And that moment reminded me of, like, um, the Tower of Terror at Disneyland or Disney World. Uh, mm. Just this little extra moment of, like, you know, and you're coming with us kind of a thing on this fun elevator ride. It's so good. And it really sets the tone for this movie. And we have to, I have to say, too, this, this beginning of the film is the best this movie looks, too. It looks incredible. Like, the purple lights of the, like the neon restaurant lights um, combined with, like, the dark red and the, of the, you know, of the restaurant and all that. It looks great. Um, they get on the elevator. They start essentially having an orgy on the elevator. Um, and I, I don't know if this, if the lift decides to punish them for this, or it would just would have killed anyone that got on board, but they start to like choke and asphyxiate, um, because the lift starts to heat up like an oven. And I found this to be a pretty effectively kind of unsettling scene combined with their weird, like, sexual grunts and groans and well, like, the nudity. two of them are starting to you know get fresh in the elevator and the other ones yeah. are having trouble breathing and then eventually the, the 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 ones getting handsy notice and they start getting overly hot and basically all pass out on top of each other with one of them the the boobs just like coming out yeah as she's falling down steven tyler is not welcome on this lift no love in this elevator that's what we establish right away <laughs> so they all pass out. I don't think they die. They, they say they go to the hospital. But this launches an investigation into the uh, the lift and the problems it's having. So they hire uh, an elevator repairman named Felix, played by Hube Staple. I'm, I'm assuming I'm saying his name correct. He's Hube, a longtime collaborator. Hube Staple. Hube Staple. There you Hube. go. Thank you. Hube Staple. Mm-hmm. That sounds far. He was more great, accurate. by the way. Like yes. I actually, I really loved Felix. I thought he was a great actor. I thought mm-hmm. he gave He's some really real good. emotion. So yeah, and Dick Moss discovered him, and I believe this is his first movie, and he had to fight pretty hard to get him this role. And then since then, his career took off. He's in a couple other of. Uh, he's in a lot of Dick Moss movies. Um, his best one probably being Amsterdam. Mm. Oh, I need to see that. But no, I just I, he has the great look that you would think of. The detective who was once a hotshot and then something happened and now he's like the bad Kinda guy on up. the force yeah. or, you know, the yeah, the one that no one wants to partner with. Like he has that look and then he's an elevator repairman. Yeah. And that's who we're following. <laughs> that's our protagonist for the whole film. It's it's a wonderful way to to capture the story. Yeah, he's a he's a great actor. I'm a big fan of his. So he gets hired to check out this elevator. Um 
he finds nothing wrong with the mechanics of the elevator, but he's kind of, you know, still suspicious of it a little bit. So from here, we kind of learn a bit about his home life, too. He's married with two kids. He's got kind of a rocky marriage. His wife is constantly suspecting him of adultery. Uh, it's just like nearly every scene with his family, like that conversation comes up. His kids are kind of loud and annoying, but kind of cute. Normal kids. <laughs> uh, we get some, we get introduced here to the police, I believe, think, or, or, I think. Do they come in yet? The detective and like his kind of like lackey. Yeah, I think. Do he, they? Yeah. When, I don't think that when they died yet. No, yeah. he comes in after the, like somebody actually dies. Right, right, right. Okay, so let's get to that first death. So Felix well, investigates just, the elevator. Hold on, real, real back. Oh, I want to fold it back real quick. I just right, want right. to talk about, we haven't real talked about the, the real fiction of this movie, or two <laughs> Americans anyway, that an 80s Dutch elevator repairman can support a wife and two kids, have like a pretty nice house, yeah, and not need to worry. Like they're not seeming to fight about money. That just seemed right. illogical it's, to me. It's purely just about like trust and you know whether or not he's cheating and yeah there's no like fights about whatever but yeah he seems fairly well off for sure i mean you know look we're not used to that nowadays i think he gets a lot of work too because um the detective has that line later about like how many 250,000 people getting stuck in elevators a year so felix has his work cut out for him well, and his boss basically says, you're the best I've got. Again, it goes back to the, the like the detective motif of like his captain saying, like, damn it, Felix, I need your badge, your gun, your wrench, your overalls. <laughs> uh, your tobacco that you roll cigarettes with in a super cool way. Uh, yeah. yeah, that seems like it's going to be a character... Um, you know, indicator about something, but it, it I don't ever feel that. No, it's, it's just a cool in. detail to make him kind of more of a badass. Yeah, he uses his, his hands uh, a lot. His late his lady friend uses the um, long filter. Right, for I her those, those are cool. Yeah, I was very happy to see that. The, as well. the spunky woman reporter. Right, so we'll get to her in a second because there is um, we can get to the first death that the elevator causes. So a blind man, fresh. Uh, out of buying some piece of real estate, comically kind of Mr. Magoo's his way down the elevator shaft and dies. But nobody notices this. Um, it doesn't even get noticed until later that night, I think, when two security guards are kind of drinking on the job, fucking around. They see the elevator starts moving by itself, and they think that someone has broken in. And so they rush up the stairs to investigate and try to cut this person off. The older the two guards gets winded, and he takes a rest on the floor, the door is open, he sticks his head in, the doors close on him, and as the younger guard watches, he gets straight up decapitated by the elevator in my favorite scene in the movie. Um, it, it's such a great cheesy effect, like, and you can obviously tell when they switch to the mannequin head, but... The head still, just falls off, yeah. You get every second of it on camera. It's so good watching... Like, It's so cool to watch the elevator come down and just take the dummy head off. What's also really great about that scene is that we get the the younger guard's reaction, and they yes, do that kind yeah. of slow mo of him like falling back and being traumatized and like going to the fetal position, basically. Yeah, he actually makes it pretty tense and like um, upsetting because that guard. I think that guard, the younger guard, has, gives a great performance in that se- in that moment of like you know that helplessness. Oh, of you watching know what's this coming, happen. right? Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, there's a great point to the elevator starts to come down and then stops right above him and then comes down and decapitates him. 
And there's even a similar thing with the blind man where he like is about to step into the elevator to, and die. And then the real estate agent kind of calls him back and you forgot your clothes all quick. Yeah, yeah. It's, he has a lot of fun with like exactly when these things are, we know what's going to happen. He just like keeps, you know, pushing it a little bit to kind of keep you on your toes. It's, it's, it's really good tense directing. And, um, in interviews, I feel this I've is seen... about the time when the, the spunky female reporter comes in. Yeah, it's after the scene. Starting after to they... investigate all these things. Yeah, they discover there's been two deaths in the elevator um, because they find the the old blind man at the bottom of the shaft as well. And the reporter named, I am going to fuck up her name and kill, please correct me if you do know this one too. But she introduces herself as, I think it's Mickey DeBeer? I think first yeah, it was I Mickey? Think it's, I think it's Mike. Mike? Well, we can okay. say Mikey. We could say Mikey. That's or Mickey. Did she say Mickey? I think she said Mickey. I think she says Mickey. That's what we'll go with. So Mickey, the spunky reporter who kind of—I mean, I assume she breaks into like the the elevator room to talk to Felix. Takes and a picture of him kinda, for her personal collection. Yes. Yeah. She's very horny as well, just right off the bat. Very flirty and kind of you know forward. Um, and she's played by—I don't even know if I want to attempt this name. <laughs> Will it, will, while, <laughs> nope, I'm not going to attempt it. <laughs> um, but she gives a great performance too. I like her dynamic with Felix a lot. And this is a common thing in other Dick Moss movies is that he frequently has um, like, uh, like a male-female pairing that are very kind of pithy and have this great back and forth dialogue and are kind of flirty. It's a very common thing for him to put into his movies. and uh, The classic will they, won't here. they. Absolutely, yeah, and it adds into this, it adds another factor to this movie too of like the whole adultery angle. Where I don't know about you guys, but I was kind of rooting for him to leave his wife for <laughs> Mickey. I was like, she seems much cooler, honestly. Well, it's funny. The I guess I guess he's just used to it because the wife, you know, as him and the reporter are seen together having tea in the middle of the day, and he's like in his work clothes, like very romantic setting, anyway. So they get seen and. The, the woman runs off to Felix's wife and they have dinner and she's so passive aggressive about it. Right. And the daughter asks like, daddy, what does adultery mean? And he's trying to play it off like, haha, maybe I'll tell, tell you when you're older. And the <laughs> wife's like, no, go ahead and tell her. You're the expert on it. And he seems yeah. to be like, what? What are you talking about? And then not give a shit about whatever she's putting down. Yeah, I got that vibe, too, that it's very, it's just kind of, she just acts like that all the time, and he's just like, okay, I'm just gonna right. go to work. Yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't fight back at all. Like, he has a very, like, you know, kind of logical explanation for this. Like, hey, the elevator at work has been killing people, and she's the only person who seems to give a shit. Like, that's a perfectly good reason to tell your wife, like, that's why we were having tea together. But he doesn't even try. Um, you get the sense that he's totally just done with it altogether. Like, he barely even cares about his children, it seems. Like, he fixes his son's ambulance, but, like, you know, he's not, like, winning any Dad of the Year rewards, I think. Well, he does break it later on, so... Yeah, <laughs> yeah he sort of smashes it underfoot. It's great. Um, so this is where we get introduced to the detective and his lackey, and they have a great running gag of blaming mice and rats for all the elevator mishaps. And I love that he doesn't want to consider anything else. It's just like, yeah, mice get in and chew wires, and that causes your elevator to decapitate people. It happens, you know. He gives us a lot of great elevator facts. He talks about going to Hawaii constantly. I love this detective. 
I think he's so Bake him away, toys. Like, he is a real, like, let's just get this done. I don't care. Yeah. He's a Dutch Chief Wiggum, for sure. Yeah. And this is another running theme in Dick Ma's movies. He loves, like, incompetent police. Um, That's a very, you know, uh, he puts that in, in there a lot. It's like, it's... He's always got some kind of criticism of, like, bureaucracy and, like, you know, the justice system in his films. Like, they can never quite... They're always making the wrong choices or not looking for, like, you know, at the right problem. And usually he's got, like, one one or two characters who kind of know the truth who are kind of, you know, going against the police and against their instructions and things like that. So from here we get... Uh, <laughs> the next incident with the elevator is there is... Well, hold um, on, hold on. I, th- I, I wrote down right before that, though... Uh, there is right after they have the dinner and the whole adultery thing, and Felix gets a phone call from this funky female, spunky female reporter, and they go and meet up at the college together and then get a lecture on microchips. Because yeah, so that comes the, a the, Also, later. the B yeah. part of the of the <laughs> film is that Felix works for the elevator repair people, the actual like mechanical parts of the elevator. And then there's a whole other company that does the electronics, Rising Sun, right? That was, yeah. Yes. And this gets explained to us like three or four times. Like we get that yeah. over and over. <laughs> the like mechanical and electrical. Like he breaks it down two or three times. Did he, did the scientist do, did I hear correctly that he said that the computer chip committed suicide? He says, yeah, that there has been reports of a computer chip that gained sentience that he says, like, maybe it committed suicide. It, it's it's such a weird, I have to imagine it's another translation thing. Or he's, ref- I, I don't have no idea where that comes from. That is such a bizarre line. Yeah. Um, hey, I can't, I, you know what? I, I don't blame these machines. You know, existence is tough. It must be hard living as like a sentient pile of goop in a circuit breaker box. Um, that looks like to be what the existence of these, like, chips are these biochips um but before that we yeah have the there's incident so much more we'll, with the little we'll, girl we'll unpack that but we we just needed to throw that yeah. in there uh because microchips we because they go to college just to get a lecture about what a microchip is and i love yeah, that i do have that more, i have more to say about that scene yeah um but before that happens we get the the incident with the kid which is one of my favorite parts of the movie too, where I think his name is, is I, there's a lot of great names in this and I think they're all translated from Dutch, which is fun. So like there's Ravenstein, there's a guy named um, uh, Young Brood. I think it's Ravenstein is having an affair with a secretary or somebody else in the building. And also this building is like the building from Gremlins 2. It's just got like everything on it. And they even say that at one point of like, yeah, we've got real estate firms, we've got like tech companies, we got this and that. It's just like all over the place. There's that restaurant at the top. Um, but, uh, so this, the secretary is having an affair with Mr. Uh, uh, I just said his name. Is that Ravencroft? Um, Ravenstein. No, I don't think it was the secretary. It was a business associates of his wife. There you go. And he's talking to the guy on the phone is like, tell your wife I said hi. And as soon as he ends, like hangs up, the wife is like, you know, he never does say hi. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so as as they're committing adultery in his office, uh, her little her daughter is out near the elevators playing with the doll, and this is where we learn the elevator has a sense of humor too because it starts to like fuck with her and open to different doors and kind of like you know gets her to run back and forth. We hear like a commotion and a scream. They come running out like she's buttoning up and she finds her daughter still alive, but the doll's head has been 
smashed in completely. So unfortunately, no kids get killed, but this little girl does get full-on, like, open-hand slapped by the mother for mm-hmm. playing around, I guess. Worst um, era of the year. <laughs> just, you have to take care of your toys. If I've told you once, yeah. I've told you a thousand times. Mom's trying to fuck. You need to be quiet. Mommy's <laughs> got to get some. And you're you not helping your teeth. <laughs> Spit um, I also have written down right around here. I, I don't know who these guys are. I think they're just like two guys in the building. But there is one, like a little exchange where, oh, 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 there's, there's two guys kind of laughing about the affair going on. Because it's like everyone in the building knows that Ravenstein and this woman are like sneaking around. And this one guy's like, oh, yeah, it's Wednesday. And that just made me it's think Wednesday. of our podcast. Yeah, it's Wednesday. I'm going to start Wednesday. uploading that clip every Wednesday. Is this the dude that said he's, uh, he's immune to penicillin? Yes, yeah, I wrote down as a great STD joke, too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, you know what? It's kinda, it was kind of nice last week. I didn't realize this while we were talking about it, but uh, it was kind of nice last week how not horny Slacks was mm. when all of the other movies That's we've true. covered this month have been so casually horny. This one is not as disturbing as, like, Microwave Massacre, and it's not as, like, you know, it doesn't go as wild as, like, uh, as Christine with, like, the language and things they say, but it still has this casual kind of, you know... Men well, that makes sense. Slapping it being asses. European, like they just they're more yeah, open to that. Like it's going to be casual sexual horniness, right? What else do you expect in Dick Moss's The Lift? Yeah, um, ding, put in the ding there because I said it again. Um, so after the little girl incident is where we start getting, I think, uh, Felix investigating Rising Sun, the electronics corporation that built the circuit boards for this for this uh, elevator. Um, so we get, I, I love the rising sun logo, by the way, I want that on a shirt or something. I think it, that's pretty awesome. Um, so this is where we get, he starts investigating rising sun alongside Mickey. They go and they talk to some scientists who, you know, are kind of like, no, everything's fine. Like, you know, there's no, nothing crazy going on with our circuit boards. We're not evil. We're not building, you know, we're not fucking with nature and creating sentient life out of silicon chips. We're not doing that. And this is also where we the 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 you know all the business with his wife is also heating up. We get this is where we get that scene. I think of her accusing him and him getting that phone call and just not giving a shit whatsoever. We also meet his his wife's friends. I guess like their friends. I love the guy by the way, the husband of um, of his wife's friend. He's got a great look, and he's the one that kind of sees them having tea together and reports it to the wife. Uh, and and the wife's friend has a great line where she calls him a what is it? She says that no good shit in reference to Felix and. Uh, oh, my grandma used to call me a little shit. Oh yeah, are are you a little shit? I, <laughs> I don't know. Just what my grandma used to call me. So that line brought back a lot of nice memories. Then a lot of nostalgia <laughs> when you, when you heard that, yeah. Yeah. Um, I also love the look of the lab. By the way, when they investigate Rising Sun, it's all like purple and reds and neons again. Um, it's got a real sci-fi look. Like a dark room, red-ish kind of hue yeah. in the background, right? Yeah, for only... I think the budget was only like $300,000 for this. And for that, this movie looks incredible. And it's very creative the way... I don't. You can notice this, but mo- all of the scenes shot in the building itself are the same floor. Just shot from different angles and dressed differently to look like they're different places. That's what I figured. And you totally buy yeah. it. it. It mostly it mostly works. And there's a couple of times you can tell, like, oh, this is the exact same hallway and door but also it's like a you know 
like a corporate building, so it's going to look the same, you know, in a lot of parts of it. So, but it's very smart filmmaking, so you don't have to worry about renting a bunch of sets. You just have this one floor that you shoot over and over. This is, I think, is where we get the professor's monologue about microchips, and we we learn that Dick Moss is a little bit of a prophet because this is 1983, and already they're talking about yeah, electronics are getting smaller, you know, chips are getting faster and faster, and we're worried about AI becoming sentient like he essentially comes up with the idea for skynet here right if skynet was located entirely inside of an elevator that's kind of the plot of this movie someone should sue james cameron absolutely i mean again he already got sued about terminator by uh (laughs) by harlan ellison i think so yeah look that fucking hack cameron yeah (laughs) stealing from dick moss and harlan ellison um we also learned that this is where we find out that the chips inside of the elevator are comprised of biochips, which are protein, protein-based protein chips that eventually start to self-replicate. So that's what's happening here. Like, this elevator has become organic. It's essentially a cyborg, actually, if you really think about it. So they get this giant exposition dump from the professor. Uh, we then cut to... While Felix is smoking a, in the, the lecture hall, yeah. not giving a shit, wondering, what am I doing here? Yeah. <laughs> oh, so from here we get the elevator's next kill, which is uh, we cut to a dancing, jan- like a tap dancing janitor who gets yelled at by his coworker, his boss, uh, who then goes on to like casually sexually harass several, you know, like uh, women working in the hallway cleaning. Uh, so this janitor, who I guess secretly, you know, yearns to be a tap dancer, he goes who to investigate the elevator. Greg, that's my question to you. Yeah. Are you telling me True. you I mean, don't have down, a pair of tap dancing shoes on right now? I mean, you caught me. I do. Yeah. I never wanted to be a podcaster. I always wanted to be a tap dancer. Yeah. You've always been more of a song and dance man. That's true. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I definitely have rhythm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so what does happen to this guy? I mean, I guess we can maybe infer that it's the same thing that happens to the last person killed. But the elevator doors open and something rushes out at him, and then he is he just seems gone. scared. And then yeah, yeah, then we cut to to the next scene. Right. Well, his supervisor comes back to find his floor buffer, kind of just like going around on his still own. still going. Um, so then we cut to uh, there's like this very dweeby businessman who gets on the elevator. He's in a rush. He starts. Who I thought when I first saw him, and I know. It wasn't going to be, but I was high enough to be like, is that David Hyde Pierce? <laughs> that would have been Just great. Just enough so looking cool. like him. Yeah. He definitely has, like, yeah, he is the Dutch Niles, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets oh, in the man. elevator. Dutch and Niles. A... That sounds like a great cigar company or something. It does. Dutch Niles. Or, like, yeah. coffee roasters. I don't know. we got to figure that Absolutely. out. Absolutely. We got to uh, copyright that name, Dutch Niles. We have to use that for Dutch something. Dutch Niles. Yeah, for sure. Um, so he gets on the elevator. He feels some drops on him. He looks up, and we have a great scare where the mangled corpse of the janitor comes rushing down through the top of the elevator. Um, and so we have yet another victim, and the police are still happy to just kind of, like, blame mice for all this. They still don't seem that concerned about all this. He still is just like, yeah, I'm going to Hawaii soon. The police, that's the point where it's like, well, obviously it was the janitor. He's the one that's been orchestrating all of this. And he killed himself. Case closed. Give me my vacation brochures. He was fucking, yeah, he was fucking. The the beaches are going to be so nice next week. 
That was pretty much nearly word for word, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, from here is where we kind of go right into our finale, where Felix comes to the building late at night. He goes in himself. I don't know why Mickey isn't with him for this, but he goes into the building well, himself to kind of... Just real quick, we, we didn't mention how his wife left him with the children. Oh, yes. Right. He goes back home. He gets a phone call. And we don't hear her side, but apparently she's not coming back. Right. Spunky female reporter calls. He doesn't really seem that broken up about it. Oh, we totally forgot. There's also a really creepy scene where he goes to visit the the last repairman who worked on this elevator who went insane. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love that scene. It's actually very effective and upsetting. I roll. The guy is very creepy. The pudding pudding gets splashed on the wall, and I thought it was liquid shit for a while. And I was like, why is he so (laughs) upset? Oh, it's probably supposed to be blood, not not liquid shit. I watched this twice, and I thought the same thing the first time. And I was like, okay, I have to pay attention when this is going (laughs) down. What's happening here? Oh, it's pudding. Of course, it's pudding. Right. (laughs) I love the way it's shot when he. Has this little like freak out his eyes like yeah it's 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 a really good scene. He does have great bug eyes. That's yeah, class A bug eyes. And so uh, I wife I guess, calls, yeah, leaves Felix, him. Right, spunky female reporter calls, but he's like, I don't care. I don't know who. I think you're my wife. I'm gonna yeah. hang up on you. And then he goes to the office. Building. That's it. That's, yes. Yeah. That's what it is. So I feel he has nothing to lose at this point since his family's gone. So he's like, fuck it. I'm taking out the sentient elevator. He goes in there alone and um, enters the elevator shaft. I feel like it's a little too... Like, the elevator was really good at killing people before, but it really doesn't seem to try that hard to kill him. I mean, it it gets some good hits on him where it, like, kind of passes him by and cuts him up a little bit and, you know, attacks him. But he's he's able to kind of, in a really long dialogue-free scene, he's able to climb up through the shaft and find the, uh, the box where the circuits should be. I think he goes. He does that first, right? He checks out the circuits, and he realizes that there's no, like, chips in there. Yeah, he opens the yeah. box, and then there's nothing, which is like, oh, okay, this is this is weird. And he starts. He is that when shaft. he like climbs the cables? Yeah, and all the cables clanging is one of those unsettling sounds because it's kind of an, right. an, an echoey like twang over and over and over again. So it is a really good. Uh, you know, effect and and thinking about, you know, unsettlingness. Yeah, what's cool about it is that I think that uh, it is something, and again, it's something unique to like elevators. Uh, and so it kind of becomes like a, you know, like a great piece of sound design where uh, Dick Moss is able to take this the sound of like these cables and turn it into like an effective like you know uh, horror sound. You know, where you hear that and you just know, okay, well the elevator is about to do something. It's about to attack and try to kill Felix. Uh, so he climbs up the, the cable, he finds the actual brains of the elevator, which have become this weird purpley goop. Um, he finds out that the... it runs on evil, evil goo. And then he touches it, he touches the goo too. Yeah, he, he full on like, sticks his hand into it, yeah, it's disgusting. Um, I guess it's the biochips that have started to become like brain matter, that's my guess. If you know, you put a little bit to his the... tongue and goes, you know, yeah. that's not bad actually, that's you can get some some of the rats to ratatouille it. <laughs> you know, if I could get a cracker, maybe a, a club cracker, little buttery thing. Yeah. Oh, he does get a dead rat dropped on him too around this yeah. this, this part. Um, and 
I was thinking of warning you, Kill. I was like, <laughs> I was like, do I give Kill like a timestamp exactly of when this rat comes on screen? Um, so he essentially just kind of starts stabbing the brain, right? And the other one starts sort of freaking out. There's a really weird shot where it's like kind of jumping and play. It's like vibrating in a really weird way. It's very surreal suddenly, but he's kind of getting like, you know, he's still getting attacked by the elevator. It's kind of chewing him up with the gears and stuff, but he gets rescued by his reporter friend. She pulls him out. She makes some quick jokes. You know, you think all is, all is great and all is fine. And then uh, that the elevator is dead. This the, am I wrong in that the, like the whole thing like comes off the cable and crashes? Am I making that up? Uh, I feel like that happened, and then the yeah. scientist like guy the cable showed snaps. up. Yes, right. Yeah, the and cables... he starts. Ha- he has. He says something really stupid or weird, and then he takes he out a, a gun, gun and shoots the box of the the evil goo about four or five times. He turns around, and then that's when I think the best shot of the whole movie. Yeah, the ca- one of the cables comes snakes around his neck and then drags him and hangs him in the elevator shaft yeah it's such a good it's such a great shot yeah and again only three hundred thousand dollars for this movie and yet they're able to pull that off it looks fantastic um i think it was three hundred fifty thousand euro so it's probably over four hundred thousand. there you go u.s dollars yeah that's that's a very good point well this is 83 so i don't even know it wouldn't have been a euro no i think it was gilder I don't know. We stopped the whole podcast to figure out the Dutch exchange rate. Yeah. <laughs> in 1983. Hold on. No, we got to get this right. Regardless. I think regardless, it's 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 still a very low budget for a movie. And they, they still managed to make this look fantastic. Um, Dick Moss scored the whole thing himself, too. And the music is pretty good. It's kind of this like. Oh, the score was fantastic. Yeah. It was, it's really it was that, that dope synth, synth yeah. 80s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Carpenter. It really fits with the sci-fi vibe. Yeah, he kind of is like a Dutch carpenter. He does have this huge, this like do-it-yourself attitude about things. Where he scores his own movies, he writes them, he directs. Obviously, he produces. He really does it all. He's very multi-talented. Um, oh, and then so Mickey and uh, and Felix, they kind of just walk away. They don't seem that affected by watching the guy get hung by the cables. And that also means the elevator's still alive, and they just kind of leave it. Like, they don't do anything to, like, really finish it off. They just take off. They just go on. They're like, oh, fuck I it. I think they've enough. done all they can do. I think the building needs to be demolished. Destroyed, yeah. Just burn it to the ground. That building is still standing today in real life. Yeah, you can go visit the actual lift. Yeah. So that's where the weekly podcast massacre convention 2022 yes. is going to be held? Yep. Yeah, entirely in the lift. Yeah. 2022. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, all of our fans will be able to fit in one elevator. That's... <laughs> we we never really got any conclusion or, like, an, a real ending. Like we said, the elevator is probably still alive, could kill anyone at any time. Yeah. His Definitely. family just left. There's not going to be any kind of, you know, happy yeah. ending. Him and the reporter just walk off into the sunset. They deserve it, though. I mean, they deserve to run off together. His family kind of sucks. <laughs> I think he'll be much happier with the reporter. I'm going to guess he doesn't try with his wife. Yeah. And you know what? Hey, it's her fault for not trusting him. You know what I mean? It's not up to him all the time to, like, 
have to prove he's not cheating, right? She just has to be has just to, asking if you're just like, hey, what is going on? It's better than than yelling at him all the time and getting your children involved in your yes. weird accusatory fighting. And maybe yeah. I'm being hard on the family because the those scenes with the family is where the dubbing is at its worst, especially with the kids. Um, they have the funniest voices, and there's so many times where it's like the wife will say something that Felix doesn't understand, and the the dubbed what of Felix huh? is like replayed what? like sixty million. Yeah, it's like replayed sixty times. That take I'm going huh what like it, and you hear that constantly throughout the family fights, and so I think um, I, I really like this movie. I love the vibe of it. I love how it looks. I love the elevator. I think it's a great character on its own. Um, Felix is a great lead. I love all the side characters. My my kind of criticism with it though is all that family stuff. There are times where we spend we spend so much time on it. This isn't exactly like a breezy movie, and it's not slow, but there are a lot of scenes of this family and these arguments. It's like Marriage Story for a bit, where all you're you're just seeing this like this you know family fall apart, um, and those kind of kind of drag on a little long for me. That as well as like the, the finale. Um, it's. I like that there's no dialogue and it is just this kind of cool stunt of, of um, Hubstoppel. Hube is that how you say his name? Hubstoppel. 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 So he had to do all his own stunts because they couldn't afford stunt people for this movie. And so it's actually him climbing through an elevator shaft and doing all these cool things. That scene, though, it's, it does drag on for a long time. And there's not a lot that the elevator, like, does in that section to make it exciting it's mostly just him climbing and then getting a rat dropped on him so that's kind of where my criticisms of this movie lie but everything else about it i love the sense of humor i love the weird dubbing i love the weird mistranslated lines yeah i think it just it has problems sticking the landings like we said again no real conclusion the family we could have done something uh you know even more dramatic with the wife leaving and You know, one thing I was just thinking about what would have been really cool for the climax of it is that the uh, scientist shows up, he shoots the box a couple times, the cable still comes and wraps around, but he still has the gun in his hand and is able to fire off a couple more shots, and it finally dies, and the cable drops him in the elevator shaft. Yeah, So they they die at the same time. It's a nice little bow in a package. So I, I think it it has so much potential and it does so many things perfectly right, like right on yeah. the level. It, it's, it's lacking in those uh, finer touches, the cherry on top, the, the sprinkles, everything like that. Dick Boss did remake this in 2001, an American version, okay. so maybe maybe yeah. he used that ending or something. Did they really? It's called Down, a.k.a. Let's, the Shaft. Yeah, let's Naomi talk Watts about this. It. Yeah, this is fascinating. I have seen the remake. Um, so after I watched this for the first time, uh, I got really into Dick Moss. Uh, I think he is a very, very interesting director. He... Um, has made well to be fair you other... do have it tattooed across your chest I, yeah so absolutely i have directed by dick moss yeah and those, those like, my chest. that big like latin <laughs> uh king's yep. fawn or something yeah uh he's made a lot of other great movies not all of them are horror movies he's done a lot of comedies and a lot of other like action thrillers and things like that um but his other popular ones are amsterdam which is a really good slasher uh he has one called prey aka uncaged about a killer lion that was a more recent one of his that is really fun um 
those are the ones I, then I've seen Sint, which is a, a like a even before like I feel it was before Krampus and all that stuff. He made like an evil Santa Claus movie, kind of about a European Santa. That one Saint has Nick. um Felix in it. Who stopped him? Yes, yeah, yeah. He's in a lot of. He's also the lead in Amsterdam, where he does straight up play like a disgruntled cop instead of a elevator repairman uh, <laughs> acting like a disgruntled cop. But yes, I think most interestingly, Dick Moss remade his own movie in two thousand and one. Um, it's got a couple titles too. I think it's it's most commonly known as Down. Did you just look up the cast? Yeah, I, I just looked this up. I am holy fuck. I, it's called Down. It's also got the it's also got uh, the title of The Shaft. So you can call it yeah, Dick Moss's Shaft. Yeah, that's what I'm seeing. Yeah, and I do. That's what I call it. It's it's Dick Moss's Shaft, and I love Dick Moss's Shaft. I love I love watching Dick Moss's Shaft. It's great. Um, so I, I saw the lift on my own but since then um a mutual friend of ours phil he's also a big fan of dick moss and so phil and i have watched all the other ones together um and uh this movie is very indicative of his style so if you guys liked if you guys in the audience like the lift you would really uh, like his other movies even the ones that i've seen that don't quite hit the mark um like scent is not a great movie but it's got all of it's got these dick mossisms you know in it that are really fun uh, it's got a great sense of humor, some really good action scenes. You see in his other movies, he's, he gets really confident with action and stunts and things like that. Um, but to talk about Down, yeah, the important part. Yes. He, you got to get to he, this cast. I'm just yeah, brimming reading he'd be getting about this. He getting offers to, to remake, to do an American remake for a, lot, for a long time because uh, the shaft ended up being, or sorry, the lift ended up being pretty successful internationally. It was one of the few... Dutch films to get international distribution. And so he was getting offers to remake it. He finally decides to remake it in the late 90s. Um, and in the Felix role, he casts James Marshall. And in the reporter role, he cast Naomi Watts. So two David Lynch veterans together at last, uh, before Naomi Watts was even in Twin Peaks, I think maybe before she even did Mulholland Drive, um, she is alongside James from Twin Peaks in the leads. And uh, I I kind of, when I rewatched The Lift, I had confused it with a little bit of what happens in Down, a.k.a. The Shaft. I think it might be a better movie overall. It's still, even though it's American and it's, it's you know, with an all-American cast, I mean, there's no... It's trans like Dick Moss's style of humor translates very well, and I think it's a great performance by James Marshall. He gets a kind of a lot of flack for his roles, James in Twin Peaks, but I think he's really good as the Felix role. Um, I don't remember if there's a whole family element to that one, but the relationship between him and Naomi Watts has played up a lot in that, and uh, that one's got a much more ag- action packed ending, too. I think he took your notes basically, Murph, about the ending, okay. and um, about that, and it's it's all set in New York in a skyscraper and in an interview dick moss actually calls out stephen king in an interview i read um this is an interview done by a uh, great name for this guy rumsey taylor on a website called notcoming.com uh he was asked about like what you know what's your connection with elevators why have you made two killer ev- two killer elevator movies now and dick moss replied I don't have a special thing with elevators except for the fact that they are very strange devices. You get in a box and expect it to take you up or down. You deliver yourself for a brief time of your life to an unknown entity. It can work for you or against you. I have the same thing with cars, trains, and planes. 
Um, he then calls out Stephen King for not writing an elevator book because he's like, elevators are so important to Americans. Why don't you guys have like a whole <laughs> like spate of, of killer elevator movies? So uh, he is he is in on the killer object subgenre. He knows what he's talking about. He, it's so weird. He's like, I, I don't really have any affinity, whatever. No, there should right. be a whole thing of elevators. No, it needs <laughs> to be special. This is crazy. I think. Uh, I mean, insane, insane that someone remakes their own movie that's not Hitchcock. But we got to get to the yes. supporting cast of this film because that's what's really been the, shocking. The me. only one I really and, remember is Michael Ironside, right? Right. So, and we we don't really know um, like what because the names are different. But yeah, Michael Ironside is Gunter. Something he plays a doctor. Uh, Ron he's, he's the he's the scientist role. Right, right. I Mitchell. About that. Yes. Uh, it looks like Dan Hadea, another Lynch yeah. veteran, is Lieutenant McBain. So there's some there's some <laughs> real heavy hitters in this movie. Wow, I forgot about that that side cast. Too. It's a great cast, and it's a very entertaining movie. Uh, it's got a pretty low IMDb score, unfairly. Do you it guys looks like know? Ike Barinholtz is in it. Oh wow! Apparently, okay. Even crazier fact about this movie, and we should at some point, if we can, fit in down to a themed month, maybe Killer Objects 2 or something, because um, it's a very good movie on its own, and uh, there's a fact about it. I don't know if I want, would want to save it for an eventual down episode or just tell you guys now. All right, I'm going to say it because I'm like dying to tell you guys. So this movie, Down, came out in 2001, and it concerns an elevator and a skyscraper in New York. Do you see the release date of Down in the U.S. there on IMDb? Uh, Wikipedia says May 20th, 2001. Oh, shit. Okay, well, I think it got its, like, wide distribution in uh, September of 2001. Specifically, I think, like, September 8th, 2001. And in this movie, when things are going down with this elevator, freaky stuff is happening... They are discussing what it could possibly be. They bring up the World Trade Center bombing from, what is it, 95, 96? And I'm not making this up. They also directly reference Osama bin Laden. And this is all pre-9-11. There is a line that references Osama bin Laden. So more evidence that Dick Moss is a prophet. He predicts, like, you know, iPhones with electronics getting smaller. And then he predicts 9-11 just a few days before it happens. Are you saying so that elevators movie, did did it could be could be who knows yeah it could have been a sentient elevator <laughs> that cost the they're tired to of the way they're did, tired right? of working for us going all that way up just to come all the way back down absolutely um so down kind of became somewhat of like a you know it, it's, it's not talked about a lot i feel like i i had never really heard of it before i started looking into more of dick moss's career and it's partially because it came out the weekend before 9 11 it makes those references. It's about a building in New York kind of getting demolished and a bunch of people dying. And so they pulled it from theaters shortly after 9-11. So it didn't really have a chance to like garner any box office and it got pretty poorly reviewed. But I think it's partially just because like, you know, people are like, oh, this is tasteless coming out at this time. We can't have elevator based horror movies set in skyscrapers in New York. So uh, check out Down if you guys get a chance, especially if you like the lift. It's different enough that, you know, it's a lot of it follows the same story beats, but it's got its own twist on them. It's the setting change kind of adds a different 
you know, um, different elements of the story could become, it's, it is a very like American movie, even though it's a Dutch director. And that's kind of because I think Dick Moss is a massive fan of Hollywood movies. And he tries to inject Hollywood sensibilities into his films. Like there's a great scene in Amsterdam with a really long boat chase that feels like something out of the French connection where it's like, it's clear he's not making films the way other European directors do. Um, so I, I am, I love Dick Moss. I think he killed it with, with the lift, his first movie. I'm really curious because now I'm looking because I wonder if Naomi Watts shot down or Mulholland Drive first because they came at it pretty much the same time. The same year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's so, a good point. I can look into that, but I, to, I, I think she may have shot from down like, first. Yeah. Or I'm just thinking, I mean, I'm sure Lynch has like a really long post-production and well, because he did because it was supposed to be the TV show. Oh, 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 oh! You know what? Yes, I'm sure. Okay, so, so she went and shot Mulholland Drive. She finished that. She went and shot down, and they're like, "Oh no, I got to go and do reshoots for Mulholland Drive." That must—that's yeah. such a weird sandwich <laughs> of a jobs. Yeah, I wonder if her and James Marshall talked about Lynch on. I mean, they must have, right? Talked about Lynch on set. Yeah. Killed. Did you have a favorite scene? Um, I liked the the elevator, the elevator kill. I was gonna say when the when the dude the Just the elevator, scene. yeah. Um, I really liked yeah, that was how sweet. it was shot. It was kind of like Christine with with the car crumbling because they shot oh, yeah. it backwards so that the elevator wasn't actually coming down on the dude's head. So when he's like you know writhing around on the ground, it's it's all in reverse, so it's actually going up and not down. So that's yeah, pretty cool. That's really cool. Oh, God, just playing things in reverse is such a simple trick for movies that can and it's look cut really, so really quickly good. you can't yeah. even really tell if you look at it really closely it looks kind of weird but like not even I don't yeah. know it's just so fast that you don't really catch it. I think there's a lot of really creative filmmaking in here, just the same way there was in Christine. It's, that's a good movie to compare it to. I think uh, it's got a lot of like similar, you know, sort of like doing it yourself. I already said this, but DIY vibes. It's yeah, I love it. Um, do we have anything else we want to say about Dick Moss, about about the lift? Any other weird points in the movie we want to highlight? I do really like that. So with the family dynamic, the little boy is kind of a prankster. And while the dad is reading the newspaper at breakfast, the kid is pouring salt into the dad's tea and just keeps doing and doing and doing it. And then eventually the dad is like, oh, okay, ha ha ha, I'm about to drink my tea. Uh, points over somewhere else the kid turns around to look and then he switches the tea on him and i don't think we ever see the kid's <laughs> reaction do we like it's just like oh haha yeah he, he drinks he i think he drinks him. it and he just has it in his hand or in his mouth the kid drinks it mm. right yeah i don't remember i think so we just never really get like yeah we just never get a reaction of the kid going like spitting it out or whatever he just, holds yeah, it in his mouth and you tape. see him like awkwardly sitting there moving his eyes right i have a few quotes i wrote down uh there's a really funny moment when the friend of the wife, they all go out bowling together and the, the wife and the friend are sort of standing aside talking about their husbands and about she thinks that, you know, she's putting the idea in the wife's head that he's, that he's committing adultery. And uh, she says about her husband that, you know, oh, she's made it clear to him that if she finds out that he's cheating, either she goes or the wife goes. But that's not exactly like a punishment for him right it's not like oh if i find out he's cheating i'm gone it's no she he has to give it up and then i guess things would just go back to normal 
it's like you think you've gamed the system when absolutely not. Right. No, like that's that's just the way the coupon works, woman. I don't know what you mean. Yeah. Um, my one of my favorite things is when he he first like Felix first shows up. He's like, I'm just gonna run some routine elevator tests. I want to know what right. routine and he flips the switch up and down. Right. <laughs> he flips the switch up and down like twice, and then he goes, "The electrical's working fine." <laughs> what what would we want to rank this out of? Oh, real quick, I have a I have a moment to, I have a note written down that when the professor is going off on his rant about microchips that is what jackie vernon was concerned about about microwaves and the future he was predicting that as well yeah absolutely the tagline for this movie is take the stairs take the stairs for god's sake take the stairs with three exclamation marks (laughs) i love that that's fantastic oh we didn't even talk about the one guy i don't even know what he did in the building but he oh we did mention him briefly he's the one that says like oh yeah it's wednesday He's the one that's constantly complaining about the elevator elevator being out that he has to walk up the stairs. Yeah. Every single time he's like, God, I don't want to walk up these stairs anymore. I think that is Mr. Young Brood, but I, I can't be certain. Yeah. Um, which again, Young Brood, what a great name. That's that's incredible. Um, but yeah, okay, I think we are good to, to rate it. Uh, yeah, what are we going to rate this out of? Let's see. Um, smashed doll heads? Hmm. Just decapitated elevator heads. Ad- adultery? No. Um. <laughs> uh, hand-rolled cigarettes. Yeah. Hey, I like that one. Yeah. There we are. Yeah, let's launch into it. So, I had seen the lift before. I greatly enjoyed the lift. It made me a big fan of Dick Moss. I love the spunkiness of this movie. I love the humor. I love the weird translations. I love the dubbing. I love how it looks. I love the elevator itself. Uh, I love... Felix and that actor, I'm not going to try to say his name anymore. So there's a lot I really like about this movie. I think it uh, is a great launching point for people getting into Dick Moss's movies. However, having seen some of his others and seen what he kind of goes on to do later, uh, on this watch, it felt a little, you know, because it is, it's a little slapdash. And I think it's got those pacing issues near the end. And with the family stuff, it's a little melodramatic. Um, compared to a lot of the rest of the movie and the bad dumbing in those scenes. That's the only time it kind of feels annoying to me is in those family scenes. Um, but overall, this is a this is a, a really fun, funny movie with some really good kills and some decent tension. And, uh, you know, maybe a bit to say about our, uh, our tendency to go so far to, you know, avoid climbing stairs. Like, humans are so lazy, we invent sentient elevators in order to you know go where we want to go so um dick moss really takes it the task for that which i think is really really great so i am going to land on a final three and a half hand rolled cigarettes for dick moss's delift that's i think you you captured a lot of um what i enjoyed about it i didn't know what i was going to expect going into this movie and i i was pleasantly surprised on a lot of fronts like i said i love felix as well I thought he was such a great actor, great character. He just, he has that look of the protagonist. And again, I love that instead of, you know, the hard detective, alcoholic detective, we have a uh, family man, elevator repair, <laughs> repairman whose wife doesn't think he's faithful. The score is just beautiful. It sets so many scenes perfectly. 
the humor is is right on track. I love that. Yeah, it's Wednesday. That's how you know mm-hmm. Mr. Bossman's getting his rocks off. I, I think <laughs> I have to go uh, with Greg. I have. To, I, we're going to be in the same three and a half hand-rolled cigarettes. All right. All right, Kale, bring us home. What do you say? Um, I enjoyed this movie. It kind of reminded me a little bit of a, it had kind of a Jalo feel with the dubbing and the lighting, the use of the colors sometimes. Um, I, I like that. Yeah, I thought it was an interesting movie. I'd give it 3.5 rolled cigarettes. Woo! All right. We're all hey. the same. Wow, what a great way to close out Killer Object Month with us all landing on the same score for our last movie. All right, okay. I was I was a little worried that you guys wouldn't like this for some reason. There's no reason to not like. There's not that much reason to not like it, but you never know. And this is just a favorite. Even if we don't like it, it gives us something to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. How does it feel, Murph, to have have your pick totally like to be completely uh, lambasted? The only one. Hey, I'm fine. I I know I have good taste. That's that's what's important. I just want to say you're not alone. Like all the social media I've been doing, I'm like, everyone's been like, I love Microwave Massacre. So funny. And I'm, I, yeah, so you picked a good one. Don't, yeah. <laughs> you have a lot of supporters. So I think that uh, that covers it for Killer Objects. We did Microwave. We did a car. Did a pair of pants. And then we finished up with an elevator. Yep. So I, I guess yeah. that pretty much for the end of it, we've got, we've got to try to come up with some sort of ranking system for all of this yeah so greg i think you had a pretty great idea about uh the the top awards we should be giving out at the end of each month yeah so instead of a rotating game this episode uh we're gonna do what i am tentatively calling the masses our own little award show for the four movies you know for uh various for excellence in massacres i don't know uh we'll figure it out we'll figure it out but uh for this i I like it the masses (laughs) this inaugural edition of the masses for killer object month we have a few categories that we're going to be discussing the first one on the docket guys and this is important to any any good massacre has to have some good kills so i am curious what are your guys's what do you what is your pick for the best kill of all four of these movies. Uh, I, I think one of the best kills throughout this whole thing was Christine when the the tubby bully starts running away and he runs into yes. the little uh, alcove and he's like, haha, I gotcha, you can't kill me. And Christine just completely destroys the sides of herself in order to ram into and crush this guy it's just such a, a yeah that's that... uh, a gorgeous like i don't care if it hurts me i'm going to hurt you that's a great pick that's gonna be a tough one to to argue against um i know what my favorite one is. oh it's here at kill yeah um lord and slacks when it's very funny to me when he loses his thumb he's screaming yes. and he loses his hands and yeah that one's the funniest kill to me so that's my favorite it's a great comedic scene. It's a great comedic scene, and it's 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 a good moment in the movie where you realize, like, oh, we're using practical effects here. We're cutting up a dummy and having fake blood spurt out and stuff. It's it's really good. You also get to see a lot of creativity with Slacks itself, where 
it's using the zipper to cut them up. Like that's that's mm-hmm. awesome and creative and different than what we had seen Slacks do previously. So, yeah, that's a great pick too. I was I I did consider both of those, but I think my favorite kill is going to be the the security guard in the elevator from the lift. I decapitation. Think, um, just yes, decapitations have a have obviously they have an advantage. I think in the best kill category, and this one is so creatively done with the reversing of the footage it's got that great moment where it stops right above him and then it keeps coming you have the guard in the back watching this all go down just kind of having a complete breakdown there's every element of it i think totally works for me where it's actually scary it's actually funny uh, i mean look scary is a hard is a um is a uh a, a harsh word to use there but it's like it's intense you know and you can feel the tension in that scene so i am gonna go with, the slow down uh, reaction yeah. of the other guard yes. like really sets that yeah again like i was yeah, saying so I'm going it's, to it's the impendingness the of it happening and you know it's happening so as the time slows down when you get closer to it it's yeah it sets you off edge okay so yeah there you go those are our best kills for the month uh, Murph with the chubby kid from uh, from Christine getting crushed in an alley. Kill with Lord getting sliced to pieces by a pair of pants in slacks. And then me, Greg, with decapitation by elevator in the lift. Uh, great. Okay, so our next category to discuss then is uh, what are you guys' pick for the best performance of the month? And it doesn't have to be necessarily like you think this person's the best actor, but moreover, just which performance just stands out the most to you? I know. All right, go ahead, Kill. I, I really got to think about this one. Christine. The car itself. The car, yeah. <laughs> I think the car is the best performance for me. Hey, you know what? I, I can easily see the argument being made. There's a lot of personality to Christine just sitting there, right? And then when it does stuff on its own, you really feel a personality from Christine. You get that sense of jealousy and that rage, right? That's a great pick. I like that. I was not expecting that. Greg, what do you got? I'm I'm still I'm scanning all the still movies deciding. we watched. Okay, well, this is why I specified it's not necessarily the best performance in the movie. I have to pick Jackie Vernon as Donald from Microwave Massacre. I don't like that movie. I, in fact, kind of hate that movie. However, I kind of love Jackie Vernon. And a big part of it is just that performance gives you a sense of exactly what his style of humor was. And even if I don't laugh at almost anything he does in Microwave Massacre, I can easily see how he can be a very funny guy. And something about his face, something about his expressions, his voice, I think he is just a fascinating person to watch. And he is the only saving grace of Microwave Massacre to me. So I have to give it to him. He he does a lot for that movie. Um, not enough to make it good or, you know, entertaining. <laughs> but uh, I have to pick Jackie Vernon uh, as my favorite performance. All right. I, I think I, I narrowed it down. I, I do have to give a just a shout out to Napoleon the Dog from Ma- Microwave Massacre. Just was so wonderful. Yes, God damn it. You know, I was going to make that my, my joke pick. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> The uh, boss manager guy from Slacks. I I can't remember his name. The one who... Craig. Yeah, Greg. Craig. Yeah, I, I thought he just did such a great job. I, I hated him utterly, like with every fiber of my being. Wanted to punch him in the face. 
and I it, he he nailed it. It's exactly what you wanted from that actor in that character. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with. That. I mean, he's he's got that. I mentioned it last week, but he's got that Burke from Aliens vibe, and he does it really well. And you know those types of people who work in retail who just take things far too seriously. So it's got some truth to it, and it's like you know I can see people I know in life <laughs> having that exact reaction if like there ever were confronted with a pair of killer jeans you know just throwing everyone else under the bus and still trying to get ahead um yeah that's a great pick too so um i picked like just to go over it again i picked uh jackie vernon as donald kale picks christine portrayed by several or what is it we had the number 24 something different plymouth furies and then um murph picks craig do you know the actor's name by any chance i i know it's okay. We'll we'll figure it out. We'll send him. We'll send him his Massey in the mail anyway. We'll just do like you know, care of Canada, and you've got that statue. Um, great. Our uh, next Brett category. Brett Donahue. You, there you go, winner. Brett Donahue. Ex- <laughs> expect that Massey soon. It's it's headed your way. Made out of real genuine gold. Um, great. Okay. So next, I have uh, I had best scare next, but do we want to just go on to best effects? I think it's a more interesting thing. I we can just kind of dump best scare. I, I think it's dunkable. We can get rid of it. We can throw it away. We'll come up with something next time. Best best effect. I do have one. I can go ahead. It automatically the cable coming in at the end of the lift and hanging the guy. It was just so yeah. beautiful, unexpected. And as soon as I say that, I go, no, I'm fucking wrong. The best effect is Christine reforming herself, uh, hands down. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, perfect. Yeah. I mean, too. what else can you pick? Yeah. The, the elevator cable is good, too. It is. That's that's a close second place, but that, that car reforming is great. Um, it's not much of a... I mean, it is like an effect still, but Christine on Fire also needs a, a good shout-out, uh, as well as um, in Slacks, just Slacks in general are a great effect where... It's a physical pair of pants being puppeted by somebody, you know, in a green suit that gets edited out later. Yes. And it looks awesome. They have a pair of pants believably dancing around a store. Like, that is a very cool effect. And uh, In a Bollywood music away, video, basically. In a Bollywood music video, yes. In 2020, you don't expect it. It's great. I've had Hamara India stuck in my head, like, all week. Really? <laughs> mm-hmm. I gotta look it up, too. It is a good song, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, Christine wins, right? It's, 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 it's hard to argue against that. It's just like, it's such a cool effect and it, it, it's like pivotal to that movie because it's where shit really gets intense. And from then on, you know, uh, you just, you know, you're in for something really special at that moment. So yeah. Okay. For best, that wraps it up pretty easy. I think we're all then choosing Christine, Christine reforming itself with some good shout outs in there too. Great. Okay. I think this brings us to our final category to discuss and this is going to be again not necessarily the best movie of the month but the one that stood out to you the most the one that you maybe have the most thoughts about or the one that like has affected you the most who knows but we are calling this the massacre of the month and so this is your pick for what you feel maybe it's a better way to put it what you feel embodied the theme of killer objects the best how about that does that work what encapsulated the best massacre yeah, 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 yeah. What gives? What's? The, what do you think is the full package? Yeah, I don't know. Because I could see an argument for any of these movies in terms of because it's not about quality; it's just about how we felt about them, right? The best massacre. Yeah. I would go with Slacks because the body count 
is body count's great. That's a good higher. one. Absolutely. It is and high. They, the pants it is the highest on the world, so it's gonna be I mean, the pants could take over, kill all humans. Yeah. I want I want to thank our new pant overlords and tell them that I've always <laughs> enjoyed wearing them. I think to me the best massacre of them all was Christine. It was for revenge. It was a certain amount of people. In the end, you know, it ended up hurting the one that loved it most. And it may not really be dead. It's It could still be forming and, you know, playing rock and roll music. Yeah. So uh, that, that's my pick, Christine. That's true. It's a good pick. And... I gotta think for me, for like the massacre of the month, for the one that kind of like stands out to me the most, I also might have to say Slacks because of the sheer creativity and and those kills where Slacks is able to cut people in half, it's able to strangle people, it's able to hang them, it's able to eat their flesh, it's able to slice them up with a zipper. There's so many ways that, that Slacks massacres people. And then like Kill said, there's the insane body count of that movie where it's possible that pants take over the world. I mean, that isn't it really, that's a, that's a, that's a full on massacre. You're massacring the planet, you know? So I think for my massacre of the month, based on these very ill-defined, um, what do you call it? Like, uh, 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 metrics rules, metrics. Yeah. Yes. I think my massacre of the month is going to be slacks as well. So congratulations slacks. All right. Well, Hey, that's going to wrap up then the v- inaugural edition of the Massies. And uh, this is where we'll have our, our, our patented Massey's theme song play us out. Um, you know you're just putting more work that we don't have. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get a theme song first, which I'm going to be working on, but okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Uh, no Massey theme as of yet. Give us time. We'll be very stately and impressive once we do get it. Um, so yeah, hey, congratulations to all of our Massey winners. I can see Christine is driving off with all her awards in the backseat. You know, uh, Slacks is filled to the brim with its its Massacre of the Month awards. It's got its pockets full. Microwave, unfortunately, the X1 is going home empty compartmented, you know, so. Uh, but yeah, that. congratulations, everyone. <laughs> well, I think we covered the killer objects. We're going to close this book. For, for now and we're gonna move on this killer book to assimilation august that's right we're gonna be talking about co- a combination of when you get taken over and if you'll know if you've been taken over or if you'll know if anyone else has been taken over and how you can find the signs mm-hmm. this coming month we're gonna start with the classic from 1978 did i have that pulled up right yes uh invasion of the body snatchers yeah all right very excited this Sorry, one. i haven't seen Sutherland. it have you, seen this? you haven't I seen have. it's yeah. very good i haven't seen, seen this one. a million times wow all right hey i'm excited to check it out Leonard Nimoy, yeah. brooke adams got a little bit of jeff goldblum in there yeah so it's gonna be fun late 70s lots of great style hair you're gonna love it greg i can't wait i already have i've seen pictures of later nimoy and his weird gloves in that movie i can't wait to find out what the fuck is going on with those he's got some uh some nice sideburns in that movie so 
That's all I'm going to tell you to look out for. All right. I can't, I'm very excited. I'm excited in general for Simulation August. This is a really fun uh, subgenre with a lot of great choices to pick from. So, um, yeah, join us next month for Assimilation August and inv- with Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Uh, so, hey, to wrap it up and say goodbye, I have been your host for this episode, Greg, and with me have been... Uh, I'm Michael Murphy, but people just call me Murphy. I'm Kel. Thanks for listening. Thank you, everybody. Uh, we did goodbye. forget to say, uh, you can email us at weeklypodcastmassacre oh, yeah. <laughs> at gmail.com. Twitter at Weekly Massacre and Instagram at Weekly Messenger Massacre. If we missed any killer objects, uh, yell at us, tell us how dumb we are, and that we're fools not to cover it. Maybe yes, we'll please. do it next time. So, uh, yes, thank you for listening. Goodbye.